Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. It is time for you to discover what Jesus has been telling you. When you pray, pray our Father. All you sitting in my name, you approach him in my name, but understand, you have a relationship with your Father. And you've been missing it for years. And you've been thinking that Jesus and the Father are the same. Today is time to get you doctrinal straight. So that you know what you're saying, and you know what you're believing, and therefore you have a hope to them who call and ask you what is the hope that lies within you. But you've been brought into this time and this season to allow God to change some things in your life. So we're in search of our Father. God, our Father. And let me help you to understand. Being a youth pastor, I've run into a lot of youth and a lot of young people. Because of the season and the culture that we have adjusted and developed, that there are many single parents who did not have a father image, and therefore their children have no fatherly image in their home. And every child that I talk to has an inkling inside of them that they really want to know who their father is, what he looks like. What he acts like. What does it, will he accept me? Will I be accepted? Why did he leave me? Why is he not there? Torment. Because of the absence of a father. Well, spiritually, we are the same way. Not understanding who our father is. We missed out on his visitation. When I talk to young people and I talk to them about their father and and, and what is going on in their their life and and why all the hell is breaking loose, it's because they feel neglected, unwanted. And your father wants you to know he wants you, that he loves you. And he wants you to know who he is. So today my challenge is to reveal to you who he is and to straighten up your doctrine. So you might know the hope that lies within you. There are many of us that don't understand. And I pray today that I be able to give you some enlightenment, some understanding. And from here on out, you will know that your prayers mean a lot to God. Oh, boy. So I asked the question, what is a father? And I put slides together to try to keep myself on focus because I'm so excited about what God is doing. 
I'm longing for his visitation. This song really got to me because it's, what I, it's, it's, what, it's what's in my heart. I want to see my father. Do you realize that there are people out there in the world who really, really, or even in this house, who want to see their father? Oh, I remember. I watched the great, a greatest movie that's a stock. I mean, I mean, it's a blockbuster. Star Wars. What's his name that was looking for his father and found a founder? Luke Skywalker. And Doc Vader says, I am your father. Remember life? Who's that baby's daddy? I'm that baby pappy. Everybody claimed that baby pappy. I want to know who's your father. Who is really your father? A father is something that's special. We define it as a word father is used to describe one who, watch this, passes on life. Or who creates, who originates, or establishes something. Therein lies the definition of a father. But I will not dare leave you with that because there are different examples of a father. There's Nate Smith, James Nate Smith, the father of basketball. And we call him the father of basketball because he invented the game over 100 years ago. He's the father of it. He started off with basketball because he had these young men around that he wanted to witness to. And that so happened, he got a basket. You all look it up and you'll see it. And he invented the game of basketball so that he could witness the people. You didn't know that. Look at basketball today. So far away from the intent, it has become commercialized. But it was an intent that God gave this man so that he could witness to young men. And that is the last thing that's going on on the court. But God's in the process of redeeming it. He's sending Stephen Curry and and people like that to uphold his name. He will have his glory. Abraham is called the father of faithful since the promise of eternal life came through him or originated with him. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It's going to take faith for you to catch what I'm talking about and for you to receive it. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it. How many are certain to receive it? All of us are. Whether we live according to the law of Moses or by faith of Abraham. You can choose to be legalistic and live by the letter of the law. Or you can understand grace and live in faith like Abraham. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You receive him by faith. Therefore, Abraham is your father. And whatever Abraham has, you're entitled to. But Abraham is just a symbol of what's going on in the earth. My God, my father, is Lord of all, heaven and earth. So therefore, Abraham has to step aside when I find out who my father really is. Each of us have a physical father who has given us life, and therefore it is customary in most cultures to call him what? Daddy or father. Scripture has to say, call no man father. 
And that's where we came in traditionally when my mom said, now don't call him father, call him daddy. She just didn't understand what God was saying. What I want you to understand is that there are different levels of fatherhood. Being a father does not always mean or always project something positive. When Jesus made a statement, he said this way. He said, you are of your father, the devil. John 8, 44. He did not mean that Satan had given you physical life, but that you were actually following his example of spiritual wickedness. Satan is a father of lies, and he inspires others to do the same. So the way Satan becomes your father is when you start giving life to your lies. That's why Jesus said, you're changing camps now. You're becoming a liar, a cheat a swindler like your father. You are adapting his ways. He originated a lie, and you are following in it. So you are like your father, or you have become like your father, the devil. So if you are a liar, you are a cheat, you're a murderer, you're a backbiter, you are of your father, the devil. You're being adopted. And therefore, you must make a decision to change. John chapter 5, verse 7 in the King James Version. I'm going to read this from the King James because I want to be able to help you to understand this. This is why I believe when I get to heaven, I'll see three personalities. Now, I know God's a spirit. Jesus Christ, who was human, has now a glorified body. I believe the Holy Spirit himself has the ability to indwell all of us and fill the whole earth. I believe that there are three people or three personalities in the Godhead. Now, you won't find Trinity in the Bible, but you will find the Godhead. Now, when you get to heaven, what will you see? One individual or three? Stay right there. Go back. What will you see when you get to heaven? One person or three? Pastor, why are you going through this? Because this is foundational to your Christian belief. And nobody ever challenged us on this, so therefore we just accepted what everybody else said. Well, there's one God who manifested in three persons, and did it. hold on. So is it just one God? Then who is Jesus? He's God. Who's in heaven? That's God. So Jesus is everything, right? So when Jesus said, my father, who is he talking to? Because you begin to make me sound like that he's a little bit hysterical in his mindset. Now, because this is foundational and it's doctrine is dealing with your doctrine, you need to know this so that you understand this. 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know where God come from. That's a mystery. But I do know in the beginning, God. When someone came to me last week and these folks was in the mall challenging our, our faith and what we believed in, it made me realize that our people are not ready to go out and witness because they don't know what they believe. It's important that you know how to express your belief and stand for your belief. It's hard for you to stand for something that you don't know. We err because we don't bring our Bibles. and we're, I'm going to say this, and I'm a victim of it, and I'm pushing it. We have crippled you with technology. Because of these screens, you don't need to bring your word. Technology is robbing us. And until we get to a point where we are challenged to search the scriptures for ourselves, we're going to miss out on this visitation. That's why God says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're moving now to a point where you don't bring your Bibles, so you take my word, which is dangerous. If I get off, you won't know. Shame on you. Because he told you in his word to study, to show your self-approved. A workman that need not be ashamed when you can rightly divide the word of truth yourself. Now, there are people in here who get off. And that's why you need people like me to bring correction through the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. But back to what I was saying about the Trinity. The scripture says this, For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word who is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So now it's like, wait a minute. You really just messed me up, Pastor. They say these three are one. So how can these three be one? When you go back and you start searching your scriptures, you find out that these three are in agreement as this is Miss King. I'm Mr. King. That's Calvin King. This is the King family. I am father. She is mother. He is son. We're all in agreement that I'm the dad. I am responsible. I'm the disciplinarian. I set the course for the house. She's my wife, my support person, my help meet. He is my son. All three of us are in agreement with our responsibility. All three of us are one. She has her responsibility, 
I have mine, and he has his. But we're all one. Now, you begin to understand this. I know this has not been laid out to you this way. And many people error because it is so part. Now, watch this. Remember one year I showed you that flashlight? I had three different flashlights. And I put them all together and showed them to you, and you could see just one light. But all yet, they were three. Oh, boy. It is so simple, but yet it still is so deep. Watch this. John chapter 1030. King James Version. I and my father are one. Jesus claimed to be one with God in a sense of being equal to him. Not that they were the same person, but he was equal to him, and that's what got him killed. You say you got the same authority as God? You have the same right as God? You saying that you're equal with God? Yes. They picked up stones and said, we're going to kill you. See how much God you are. They couldn't handle it because here's a man that they could touch and feel saying that he's equal with God. And by right, he was, but he laid down his divine power to take on the human flesh. So when the Muslims and people tell you that I believe in Jesus, he was a son of Mary, they only got half the truth. He's a son of God. He was manifested in the flesh to take on our punishment. Oh, goodness. See, what I have a problem with is that we don't know how to defend our faith. You don't know what you believe. That's why you can't cry, I'm our Father. That's why when you pray, you start praying with Jesus, and then you end up with the Father, and then you're all over the board somewhere because you don't know who you're talking to. You don't understand it. And you just went along with tradition and what they said. Not searching the Scripture for yourself and trying to find out what's going on. And therefore, you can't apply the scriptures. The Bible, God's word, let me put this up there. Proclaim that there are, there's one God. Deuteronomy 64, you can look up when you get home, if you can find your Bible. Who has revealed himself to mankind in three distinct persons, namely God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all these terms, Trinity, although the term Trinity is not found in the Bible or in the Scripture, the word the Godhead certainly is. This one Godhead, this one, me, Sophia, and Calvin, all together, and, and, and when you're looking at us, our glory is so great, you can't see but one. But mankind has got into some trouble, and we have to do something about it. The Father said, I got this. I'll make sure everything stay in place. Jesus said, you know what, I will go down and I will do my job and I will pay the price for mankind. The errors that they messed up, I'm going to pay the price for it. The Holy Ghost said, I'll be the power. If you're willing to pay the price, I'll raise you up. We're all in agreement? 
his own. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if anybody would believe in him, you will have everlasting life. Oh, boy. Did I give you all the right one? I said about four to you. Did I give you all the Ephesians prayer? No, that ain't it yet. Now, man, pull up Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 for me. I want to show you all something that because we didn't understand, we missed out on a lot. I believe we missed out or we're missing out on getting God involved. Our Father wants to be involved in our life. He wants to be a part of your life. It's just like an earthly father. I want to be, I want to, I want to help my kids so bad. Even when they get in trouble, I said, I'm not going to help them, but you know what? I'm right there to help them. It's just something in my nature that just want to reach out and help them. And I know I may be crippling them for life, but they mine. I had a preacher one time tell me a story. He said this guy, son, went to jail. And this other friend of his told him, say, you know what? He'd been in jail so many times. If he was mine, I'd leave him down there. I'd let him stay. And the preacher looked at him and said, you know what? If he was yours, I'd let him stay down there too. <laughs> but since he's mine, I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. This is a prayer that Paul even recognized and understood that we missed. And watch how he separates it. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? He just made a distinction. He's praying to God. The God of our Father. The God of our Father. The God of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that? Who's he praying to? He's praying to the Father. Who is the Father of who? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what did that tell you? He's another person. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is a prayer that Paul was praying because the people didn't see it. They were saved, but they didn't understand it. Let me help you guys. How many of you all have children in here? You better learn this prayer. It's the most powerful prayer you can pray. Because you have children that just don't understand the truth. They don't understand what's happening in their life. They know of Jesus, but get, let me tell you this, and I'll probably give you that scripture later. Nobody can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. Your children are so close, but they've been blinded. I had the scripture read it. I don't know what I did with it. I lost it somewhere, but I've got it. 
where it says, The God of this world has blinded the minds so that they might not see the glorious gospel. The children are not heathens. They're not devils. They've just been blinded by one. They know the truth. They love God. They love you. But they've been blinded. An enemy has done this. And therefore, you must go to your father and decree and declare that the God of our, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give them a spirit. Did you hear that? I just personalized that prayer. Will give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of him. I pray that my children are engulfed with a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Father. Not me, but their Heavenly Father. And it's happening. It's manifesting. Watch verse 18. I pray, since the enemy has blinded their minds so that they can't see the glorious gospel, they can't see what I'm trying to tell them, they don't understand it, it doesn't make sense to them, my prayer then is not fighting against them, but my prayer now is telling God, I pray that their eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may know the hope of your calling. And what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints? God, Father, we have an inheritance with you. And I pray now that my children's eyes be enlightened. The enemy has them blinded, but I pray that their eyes be enlightened, Father. It's personal. Not only is it personal, it's powerful. That they may know the hope of their calling. There's a calling that's on their lives that God is calling them. For he's not willing that they shall be destroyed. He's not willing that any should perish. They are my children. All four of them belong to me. And I don't want none of them to perish. Therefore, I must intervene. I must stand in the gap. I must intercede. And when I start telling my father what's going on, he is coming to see about it. And he's going to draw them to Jesus. Because Jesus' job is to accept them as they are. Though they may be in sin, they may be locked up, they may be locked down, they may be twisted, they may be all confused, they might not know their identity, they might be liking the same sex, they might be on drugs, they may be on alcohol, they may be killers, they may be murderers. Jesus has enough blood to cover them. And when I tell my father, he draws them not to him because he is so holy, no sin can come into his presence. They ain't ready for the Holy Ghost. Because he ain't going to dwell in all that mess. So Jesus handled this. Yeah. 
you're worried about your children, tell your daddy. Tell their daddy on them. Go and tell their daddy. Tell daddy. Daddy, they ain't acting right. Daddy, they think they're okay. Daddy, they think they got it. But daddy, they've been blinded by the enemy. And your father asks you, what do you want me to do? Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened so that they may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance among them. That they know that they have a reward system in place. And all they got to do, Father, is be enlightened. They are smart enough. They know it. And then God releases them to Jesus. And they begin to draw, come out of the darkness, bit by bit, into the light. And God is so good, he'll start showing you signs. They'll start coming around a little bit more. They'll start putting inspirational stuff on their Facebook page. They'll start answering your phone calls. Here a little, there a little. Line upon line, precept upon precept. He'll draw them. He will woo them and start bringing them to himself. And when they start seeing how life, they look back and see how life was falling apart, they're wondering that they don't ever want to go back to that. And then they start tasting the goodness of Jesus. They begin to have their own experience with God. Do you remember yourself before you had an encounter or an experience with God? How wretched you were? How undone you were? And your mama or your daddy, somebody hit their knees and cried out to God. And he began to draw them to Jesus. Your father is saying that today. If you come unto me, I will in no wise cast you out. Today, he's preparing for a visitation, not in just this house, but in your house. No, I'm not going to go any farther, but I can sense his presence. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus promised us. He said that I and my Father will come and abode with you, fellowship with you. Well, how can they do that? If they, because in the Spirit, there's no distance. Your Father is a Spirit. Your Lord and Savior had a human body, but is now glorified. There's no distance for him. He could be here and in heaven. He's omnipresent. He could be everywhere at the same time. So when he's saying that the Father is going to be in heaven, he, and the Father's going to come to both, spiritually they're going to be here, and you're going to sense their presence. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but his presence fills the earth. If you go there right now, if you learn what I'm trying to teach you, and if you close your eyes, you can enter in. You'll just sense the anointing. You'll sense his presence. You'll feel the power. You'll take part of the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. 
If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.